Uh, good day, Naked Vocalist. Chris Johnson here. Hello, Steve Giles. And uh, we are back again uh, with something very special, Steve. That's correct. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have an extra special interview with Sir David Stroud. <laughs> Is he a sir? Yes. I don't, the Queen doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be on the list, isn't he? Well, if he's not already, let's give him five years. <laughs> let's give her five years. <laughs> He'll be there. To make her mind up, and then we can move on. <laughs> right, but first up, if we could, we can move on from that, if we could. We just want to have a little chat about what's going on in our world at the moment, because loads of things have been going on. What, what have you got, Christopher? Well, firstly, I'd like to offer to the table this little piece of news. Um, we've been kindly given a promotional offer with Paris Music. They are actually a backing track company that Steve and I have been using for, I don't know, seven years, mm. eight years. And they are a professional backing track producer... And we've used them with our professional bands all through our career purely because their backing tracks sound epic. Epic, yeah, I can back that up, yeah. They are kind of... They're, they're on the more expensive side than some of the other companies, but that's because they sound brilliant. It's expected, yeah. I mean, you hear the the textbook backing track of old times. The midi, the midi. melee. <laughs> the horns are the best, I think, in those. Uh, do you know, what gets me sometimes is the backing vocal volume. Do you know what I mean? It really, really sticks out. Just totally inappropriate. <laughs> well, these ones, the reason why we stuck with them for so long and, and still are to this day, they're live, live instruments, Yeah, recorded really well, and yeah, the backing vocals are hidden in as they should be in the mix yes, right yeah uh, appropriately and uh, yeah their their tracks are cool you can go on and mix your track with all the separate parts like everyone seems to be doing these days um so go on and check them out anyway and, and if you decide to uh go ahead with uh, getting some of those tracks you can get to that website by the way if you just go straight to the nakedvocalist.com forward slash backing tracks that will take you straight to Paris Music's website and uh, peruse, add to your checkout. Mm. Uh, and at the checkout, if you add, enter the code NAKED30, NAKED30, then you'll receive a 30% discount just for being a listener of our show. Make sure you get on the Paris website before you put in NAKED30. <laughs> you don't want to be slapping that in Google. <laughs> well, I don't know. Or maybe you do. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> we'll post the results on the Facebook page. But just so you know, we have no financial gain out of this. This is purely because we wanted to benefit you guys on some level. And um, no doubt more of these kind of things will turn up. So please get yourself to our website, thenakedvocalist.com, and get on the mailing list because we'll no doubt send more stuff like this out to our subscribers that's right good stuff good stuff we're not just going to be accepting you know tosh as my dad would say <laughs> bless your dad oh bless him don't give me that tosh <laughs> <laughs> right this episode clearly is about an interview of a great man yeah but we already have the wheels in motion for future episodes we're organized and prepared with that in mind, we've got a million questions to answer. That's excessive. We've got a lot of questions to answer. But we will do all, all one million. We will get to them at some point. But in addition to that, we've also lined up some episodes that are going to feature what we like to call like this, the hardcore subjects. They're going to be speciality episodes where we cover a topic for the whole episode, which we think will be really valuable to you guys. But then in addition to that as well, we've also lined up some case studies of actual singers that we're going to be working with that have called in, emailed us, and we've contacted. This is really exciting for us, isn't it? Yeah, because then we get to see, or you guys get to see, and so do we, someone's, someone's journey um, on a particular song after applying a bit of technique for a couple of weeks. And, and it's not going to be really in-depth or really crazy stuff. It's going to be kind of the basics, but um, the basics do generate, obviously, great results. And so that's what we want to maybe uh, draw from those videos, you think? Absolutely. I think that's, that's a good point you just made there about the basics. A lot of the time, I think with anything in life, the, the basics is normally brushed under the carpet. They're missed out. Yeah, it's not sexy, is it? It's not rock and roll. No, but, yeah, it works. The stuff we've stuck on um, on YouTube, on our, on our 
TV channel, those kind of things, they may look simple, but exactly the same thing. It, it all works, doesn't it? Yeah, and so please do keep sending stuff in because we, uh, we love working with you guys. Okay, so moving on to today. We have Dave Stroud's interview. What does it include, Chris? Well, it includes a lot of stuff. Uh, on the most part, inspirational words, but those words kind of surround initially the subjects of entrepreneurialism. I've practiced that, that word. Oh, so glad I got it right. Just if you're, if you're listening to this right now, would you give you a few seconds to have a go at saying that word? Entrepreneurialism. Here's a space for you. Good. Well, well done. done. Yeah. Well if you done. need to go back, just, just skip back, have another go. <laughs> Try it again. Yeah. Um, but he does talk about that area of being a, a singer and a voice coach because, you know, to be successful out there, some level of entrepreneurship... Uh, has to be (laughs) applied Um, so that'll be really interesting for your teachers and and pro singers out there but he also talks about a few other things doesn't he yeah one of those things is is how to succeed in today's music industry and Dave is he's the man to speak to about this because he's he's been there done it knows it and it's really fascinating to see what really goes on yeah absolutely and his uh his client list is is very wide and very well known and so he does also go into um his experiences with what those type of singers, your touring recording artists, uh, would need him for. Yeah, and I think that's worth pointing out there that people can have a, a client list and it's like, oh, well, well done, you've got, a, you've got an extensive client list. But what does that mean for us? It means that he's got the experience working with those guys and he's got a lot to say about it. So mm. this is why it's really good and really valuable information. Yeah, so please uh, enjoy it. Here it comes. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hello. How's it going, guys? Can you, can, you hear, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you great. Good stuff. So, how are you? I am excellent. Doing excellently. <laughs> excellently for what time in the exactly. morning, Dave? Uh, 6.30-ish. It's so, always the perfect time of day. This is my favorite time of day. Especially for a grilling. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> like if I'm going to be, you know, interrogated, six thirty is the perfect time. <laughs> the best time. Yeah. Lovely stuff. This is, this is the time the the IRS or the INS or the CIA always grill me. <laughs> Week <laughs> weekly on public affairs. I should imagine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so perfect. We got you the right time. So um, we just we kind of want to start off just by finding out a little bit more about you. In your own words, who is Dave Stroud? Guy that's up at 6.30 every morning. <laughs> <laughs> and can't wait for a uh, grilling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, gosh, I don't know. Oh, I guess uh, I feel like I'm on Match.com and you know, I'm showing out my profile. Here. Yeah, and we are gonna, we're going to start matching you up with some people and we won't be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I like walks on the beach, movies... And dinners, romantic dinners. Who doesn't? <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I guess I'm part voice teacher, part entrepreneur, um, part enthusiast, life enthusiast. I like trying new things. I like I like being wrong. I like figuring out um, why I'm wrong. And I think my uh, enthusiasm for life mostly comes from uh, my one-on-one work teaching. I love, love teaching. I love one-on-one teaching. I mean, all the other stuff that we do and get involved with is fun and it maybe even enhances the one-on-one, you know, you come back to teaching just basic and pure with somebody and there's no politics and there's no layers of things. And it's, that's just an incredible experience. And I think being involved in a bunch of other things that I do helps make that more enjoyable even almost more pure because you can come back to that and realize the uncluttered ability that you can have to just connect with somebody. Amazing. And what are those other things that you do, Dave? So, as you guys know, Vocalize You is um, a company that I started in 2010. Um, the VIP teacher, um, the, the Vocalize You teacher network and the VIP um, technique and all those sort of things fall under that same tent but um vocalize you as a an overall brand is a an events company it's a software company it's an education company it's a teacher mentor program um 
you know, vocalize you and VIP builds relationships with institutions and, um, you know, we are, we are, uh, we have a really strong relationship with Disney and we have a strong relationship with a handful of schools throughout the world, some in Japan and, as you know, some in the UK and mm. some in the US here. And that's part of our goal is to continue to sort of build relationships with institutions, education institutions, businesses, um, school systems, all that sort of thing that allows us to channel uh, and funnel education to them at the same time being a portal for um, Hollywood, L.A. Um, level expertise when it comes to marketing, developing music, developing voice teachers, all that sort of stuff. We happen to have here access to people who can do uh, incredible things for singers and artists, but on the educational point, uh, I think that, for example, you guys have something to offer that is unique and no one in the world has got you the perspective that you two have. And I think the idea is to be able to connect all this knowledge so that we're all benefiting from each other's experiences and unique perspectives and angles. You two being from um, the south of the UK and having taught the type of singers you are and having the background in fitness um, and all that sort of stuff rolls up into a type of perspective and an angle that is unique. And there will be in pieces of information and pieces of knowledge and ways of explaining and seeing things just because you are who you are that's going to be different than anyone else. Mm. The key is, is trying to make all these angles and perspectives connect and network together so that we can all benefit from what you know at the same time offer up what we've experienced. And that makes it the best um, possible network for a singer who becomes part of our ecosystem. Now they have a network of massive, um, massive knowledge through individuals who are willing to stay connected into something like that. Mm, just feeds round and round, doesn't mm. it? And that's one of the things that it we... Does. I mean, I, we, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? But one of the things that I love and we love so much about the, the, the vision of Vocalize you and, and, and VIP is that it is that openness and there is no challenging of teachers or it, 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 there's one vision and that is solely to, to help the, the student at the end of the day, isn't it? So that's yeah. the vision. Um, Student-centered learning means that we connect uh, with the students on the level that they're at and try and help them with their goals. And there's this, there's a difference between what's important to them and what's important for them. And there's a balance that you have to strike because you know something's good for them they don't, that they don't know that they need. But there's something important to them that you need to connect because whatever's important to them is the pathway to help them with what's important for them. Right. Yeah. If you just try and shove down somebody's throat what's important for them without ever acknowledging what's important to them, you're going to hit a wall. Mm. And you may find out that what's important to them is not who you are, and then it's your ethical obligation to make sure that they find somebody that can provide that for them, and then they will be open to what's important for them. Right. Mm -mm -mm. Great way of putting it. Great words. So, Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's a, a big vision, and um, we will talk a bit more about that later on when we discuss how people can kind of get hold of you and follow you a little bit. But just so people have an idea of the sort of the private clients that you deal with, not meaning to name drop, of course, but uh, what, what kind of people do you work with over there in L.A.? Uh, this Chris Johnson, Steve Jobs, <laughs> Obviously Banks. top of the pile. <laughs> right, right. I, I start at the top of the pile. I don't know if we should use the word pile, but anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, bit rough. I'm happy to be the top of it, though. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> top of anything if it is a pile. <laughs> Yeah, my clients, uh, I, listen, I've been incredibly um, lucky and, and I don't know what the other words would be, but I feel incredibly blessed, um, great and blessed and tons of gratitude for the singers that I get to work with that come to me and, um, you know, the, the interaction that I get to have with, you know, people like CeeLo or 
Natasha Bedingfield and Daniel Bedingfield. I mean, look, those two are, Daniel and Natasha are two of the most amazing special people that I work with. Um, you know, and then all the names and all the people and all the stuff that I work with, I'm just going to go off on a rant here for a second. You um, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Daniel is so good. Daniel is such an amazing singer beyond beyond the comprehension of most singers. He's just heads and shoulders of just above and beyond how good that guy is. Mm. And it's just a pleasure for me to work with him. I mean, I sit there sometimes going, this guy, I mean, I'm happy that I can help him because I have a different angle and I have something to offer him that is different. But I sit there and watch him and I've been to a few performances and things and I just sit there and shake my head going, nobody, mm. nobody fills music and sings like this guy. Mm. Isn't that a great he's, feeling as well? <laughs> he's so good. And so is Natasha. Natasha is just, her phrasing and her feel and stuff is just amazing. But I guess I'm going off on the Daniel thing so much because, you know, I've seen him two or three times recently um, doing some shows around LA here and it just, each time I just go, just as I think I get my head wrapped around how good he is, he does something else, and I go, God, that guy's good. <laughs> awesome. like his, his timing and his understanding of music and his range and his colors. And Anyway. Yeah, so you feed a lot of those clients in terms of uh, the pleasure they give you once they perform. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Man, it's amazing. Mm, it's I amazing. Bet. Mm. I bet. And I just stand back and I go, how did I get so lucky to be able to, to be part of this, you know? Mm. And you get so to go I, to a lot of gigs for free as well, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that perks. If anybody, if anybody knows me and knows that I'm up at 5, 5.30 every day, they know that a gig that lasts past 10 o'clock, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Bed is way more important at this age. Not saying you're old, of course. I beg to differ, actually. The last time I was in LA, just to point out, didn't that Daniel Bedenfield gig go on longer than uh, past midnight? I'm sure it did. So that's, oh, yeah. so that's a lie. I wasn't there, I wasn't there at the end. <laughs> yes, my guess is that night you guys were there, that thing went on until two in the morning. Ouch. Yeah. 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 He, he, knows how to, uh, he knows how to party, Daniel, doesn't he? For sure. Um, yes, I believe so. <laughs> I believe yeah. so. That was a no comment. Okay, we should probably move on there, shouldn't we, just to save any trouble. Um, just to wrap that up, just to wrap that up, <laughs> I am just incredibly grateful uh, daily I wake up and I make sure I acknowledge the gratitude I have for the place I am in life and, and I am um, it's amazing the different voices that I've been able to work with and spend time in the same room giving them what I know but listening to them you know I've spent I work with Ben Folds quite a bit and spending time with him not just on voice but talking about music that guy is when it comes to knowledge of music and he's doing a whole symphony tour right now and just I mean how many people get to sit down and just pontificate on you know mm. music and and history of music and stuff with some of these great people so anyway sort of wrapping that thing up there I just am really grateful I'm lucky that's all there is to it you can see that that's exactly what you portray and what you live for it's, it's beautiful yeah it is a beautiful yeah. thing mm. so what we we've got some uh, questions for you from um, people who are connected to our Facebook page or uh, have emailed us. And so we would like to get cracking with those. Right. And we've got an initial question from, um, from Ella. And she says, what does an average day in the life of Dave Stroud look like? An average day? Uh, that might right. be a tough one because no day is average, I'm guessing, in your world. Yeah, average day is so mixed up. It, it, and this is true, but I mean, I do have a routine. The truth is, is I am a routine kind of person. So you can count on the time of day. You're, you're looking at your, your watch, your phone or whatever, and look at the time. You can, you pretty much know where I am based on the time. So here's my day. <laughs> it's boring as hell. <laughs> I'm up five, five thirty every day. Uh, the first, you know, Hour to two hours is having some coffee, going over emails, planning my day. I pretty much I'm a list guy, so I list everything out that I need to do, things that I missed the day before, add to the list, take care of a really concise focus for the day, um, and then I work out. I go work out for um, 30 to 60 minutes. 
Um, I do a lot of, my favorites are just really high intense interval type training. So I'm breathing heavy, freaking out, dying for breath, but <laughs> it just makes my brain happy for one thing. Yeah. And secondly, when I come back to my list, I'm really clear about the steps to get things done. And so I usually finish my workout by nine ish. And that gives me time to come here, take care of my dogs, focus in on a couple things, uh, you know, personal things or whatever needs to be done. Then I'm at the studio by 10, 1030. Um, and then I usually teach one-on-one -on -one until about seven. Um, and then again, I end my day with my dogs, feeding my dogs, taking care of them. Um, and then winding down. Um, but the winding down process is also a refocus of, of, you know, events of the day, what was taken care of, what wasn't. My focus through the day is my 11 to 7, so that, or 10.30 to 7, that eight, eight and a half hours is, that's where I teach one-on-one -on -one mostly. Uh, I get a lot of, I'm, you know, my world is full of documents, legal documents and spreadsheets and all sorts of stuff like that. And so while I'm on top, you know, I teach one-on-one, -on -one, that's just why I say earlier, it's so nice to go back to the purity of teaching one-on-one because it's not cluttered. It's just in the moment. Yeah. And um, the rest of my life is reading documents and um, following up on things that I'm three weeks behind on. <laughs> Inevitable yeah. when you get to your Well, yes, I was going to say that, Dave. I was going to ask, uh, actually, because I think it'd be really valuable for, I think most singing teachers and or anybody really that's working towards their own business and trying to make a success how do you organize life you know you've got you've got six hours what five six hours from when you wake up to when you start your working day um which is you know something in itself so you know how do you find that you you can really make sense of all that and make sure things get done with, with especially with your timetable and everything that you'd have to get get, get sorted by the end of the day or the end of the week well there's, there's probably two or three parts one is i use there's a lot of great tools for project management and i use different tools for that that is very helpful there's online project management tools and those things are incredibly important and you know 10 years ago those weren't around it was much harder um so that's one thing i do the second thing i do is i'm um really keen on surrounding myself with people who want to live on that same level. Mm -hmm. So everyone that's in part of our team or it's involved in our day-to-day -day stuff also lives on that level. And when you think you're the one carrying all the weight and you look around and you realize that you've got five other people also feeling like they're carrying all the weight, you know, five plus five, I mean, one plus four equals 10. It's not, it is so much more exponential than just plus, plus, plus. Mm. That's key. At the same time, just having a clear, um, doing things for me that really clear my head, like the working out is really important to me because I need to have that massive amount of um, oxygen flowing through my head and my body so that I, um, so that I am, focused and effective and not cluttered with things <clears throat> at the same time this is and this is really important systems and keeping things organized is a creativity killer so the more routine and organized you are the less likely you are to be creative right chaos equals creativity yet the more chaotic you are the less likely you are to execute what you envision. You have to strike a balance between these routines throughout the day to get things done and the ability to have chaos in your life so new ideas and new ways to solve problems penetrate through. And so I, there's, the truth is that there has to be some chaos for you to see things in a different way. Yeah. And, and seeing things in a different way, everything about life is how you see it. The difference between someone who's successful and someone who's not is probably just the way they're thinking, strictly the way they think. So how do you think differently? How do you think outside the box? Well, that happens in chaos. That happens in moments of things not happening as you planned and being able to roll with that. And then you go, there's my answer. 
the minute you get locked in, it has to be, oh my God, I, I said it to be this way and it's not, you know, mm. then creativity is gone. Mm. And so, you just start to freak out, I expect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah you, can't, you can't find solutions. And I know you guys are probably, you guys are, uh, you know, fitness, not just guys, but fitness gods. So <laughs> I, know, I know that you guys experience the same thing when you are in the middle of a workout where you're just on the mat, sweating, dying, wondering how you're going to get through the next 25 minutes of this. And yet your brain goes into a different place and you see things differently. And that is really important. The other thing I think is reading. I read, um, I love to read different, um, you know, I don't read fiction much, but I like to read different um, bios or, um, you know, books on different things. And one of my favorites is um, Richard Branson. Mm. Um, I, I like the way he runs his companies. I like the way he thinks differently. He thinks out of the box. The old empirical way of running a company top down and I have all the answers and don't be insubordinate and all that BS. You can't run a company that thrives on creativity if that's the way you run your company. And Vocalize You is all about creativity. That's what we are. We are, we are about creativity, inspiring creativity, helping people find their own creative flow. If we ran our company like traditional, you know, telephone company or something like that, we would shut down everybody inside. Most of those companies don't want creative people because that goes back to the chaos. It creates chaos. So they want you to fall in line. Exactly. Here's your job title. Here's what you're obligated to do. Here's what you're authorized to do. Do nothing more. Don't make decisions. Don't make choices. If somebody's on the phone complaining, here's your script. So um, I, I think that we live in a world that's completely opposite. And Richard Branson's one of those people who, if you look at his companies, they're innovative. They're on the, on the edge all the time of new things. And it's because he thinks that way. He knows he doesn't have all the answers. If you read his books, he credits lots of people around him that are on his board and his team for these innovative ideas, and that's because he's willing to let them have ideas, and he's willing to be wrong. I know you, I know you, you passed one of his on to, on to me. Um, screw business as usual is one of the, one of the, the, the good yeah. ones, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. for anybody that wants to have a read. That's a good start, isn't it, that, that book? Yeah, it's great. It's a great book. And so, you know, one of the other things is you always be, accept, always be able to say I'm wrong or I don't know. Those two things are incredibly liberating you can't be right all the time. And I think with VIP instructors, especially trying to help them understand that they don't have, you don't have to be right. You do not have to be right. The most empowering thing you can say to a student is, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Hey, I, you know, my voice is doing X, Y, Z. What do I do? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't really know the answer to that, but I'll help discover it. Let's go figure it out together. Yeah. Or VIP is a network where you can ask someone as well. Mm. Totally. Yeah. And, and somebody else in the network all of a sudden goes, listen, I dealt with that last year with a student. Here's what I did and it worked. And everybody else goes, wow, how, how, you know, that's amazing. It doesn't mean all of a sudden that person is in a hierarchy above and they know more than you and they're all a level above you. It just means that person is living on the same playing field as you and they have a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And it, do, it really does feel good to be able to do that and see that mm -hmm. forum kind of happening. Uh, online right. each week with different questions which you can totally. chip in and present totally. these teachers are so it's okay to be wrong man it is it is better to be wrong than right every time because I guarantee if you're right every time you're wrong <laughs> yeah absolutely you're in denial probably yep. yeah I can't help but think this podcast is going to turn into one massive advert for VIP. And it's not supposed to be that way, but you can't help it when it's so good. And I'm not at all trying to turn it into that. I just know philosophy. Absolutely, yeah. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. So we have um, uh, a technical question coming up next, which is uh, regarding, um, I guess, technique. Do you want to take yeah. it on? Yeah, sure. So this is it's coming from Sarah from Southampton, in case you know her, Dave. This is. <laughs> In fact, I don't think you will. Well, we don't know, do we? No. Okay. What are your best three bits of advice for an original singer who is looking to develop their style for today's music industry? Well, the very number one thing, uh, other than classical and musical theatre, the number one thing a singer needs is 
uniqueness. Right. Individual approach to things, uniqueness, um, and that is in direct opposition to technique. So the better your technique is, often the less unique you are. So if we look at some of the examples over the years of singers that have stood out, um, it's because they're so individual and so unique within a measure or two measures of them singing. You know who that is. Yeah. And I think Adele is a good example. There is, it does not take you more than a few words to go, that's Adele. And certainly you can hear a, a you can hear a frame of reference or influence from Amy and, and different people, but she is herself. She is unique. And yet, you, none of us would probably say, man, her technique is, that is the most solid technique I've ever heard. So we have, again, a, you know, life is all about balance and chaos versus organization, technique versus individualist, uh, individual. And when it comes to the contemporary music, being unique wins out. But if you don't have strong technique, you can't keep doing that. You might not last. You might not be able to keep doing what you're doing. You might not might not be able to bend the rules, break the rules if your technique isn't solid. Technique is a tool so that you can screw things up. 21 was probably the best, and I'm not even going to go the commercial route here. I'm just going to say the most influential album of last year. Mm. That album touched more people... Uh, and it influenced and affected more people. And I'm again, I'm talking about the lyrics, what she had to say, her perspective on life. And when you listen to the, what she's saying, every, most people go, oh, my God, she's saying what I want to say. She just put into words how I feel. And that's a huge, huge thing because that's all that music is supposed to be. Music and singing is supposed to touch and connect us. And... That is what she did so amazingly well, is she sang about things and she delivered them and she did it in a way that people in, from country to country and continent to continent went, I'm in, I get it. Mm. She speaks for me. Absolutely. And was, am I wrong in saying that that album actually either contested or outsold Thriller? Wow. No, you know, that, you know whose album did that? Who's that? Katy Perry. <laughs> oh right! <laughs> really? Perry had more number ones off her album, her last album, than Michael Jackson. Blimey! Yes, she, she had seven number ones, and Michael had six. Right, that's another sure. massive achievement, right? Yeah, wow, <laughs> that's a huge yeah. achievement. That actually is—that's a testament to. There's a lady named Bonnie McKee who writes, wrote most of that album, and Bonnie's an incredible writer, and that really is a testament to Bonnie and her writing. I think. And the productions and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, people say, you know, I hear all the time, like, well, yeah, but music isn't the same as it was back when Michael Jackson and all that sort of stuff. And I'm saying, yeah, you know what, you're right. Sales aren't what they used to be. Number one isn't the same number. Mm -mm. Her being, having seven number ones isn't the same gross number that Michael Jackson did at number one because it was different then. Yeah. But you can't take away from the fact that there's more people in the market, too. There's more points of entry and there's more competition. Absolutely. So, 80, you know, Katie deserves the accolades. And that's it, and it's right for the time, isn't it? That's the point. You yeah. Know, it's working for, working for now. So we've got, you've, you've mentioned technique and you've mentioned uniqueness. What would you say would be your third? Um, the third has to go into personality. I mean, there's a, when you look at the overall tent of what it takes to be a successful artist, you've got, let's say, technique and individuality and all that sort of stuff. But then there's this whole package of how you carry yourself, how you are that connects to the music. So there's a disconnect sometimes between people and their singing and their music. You know, some girl who's 15 singing about love and deep heartache and things, and you go, mm, not sure I believe it. Connection. I don't know that you understand what you're singing. Mm. And I think that's the third part is making sure everything about that personality, the way they dress, the way they carry themselves, who they are, also is a connection to the music. Right, so it's all got to fit. The overall brand is not fragmented. And that that combination of all that can suddenly strike a world of people like Adele. Right, so you go look at Adele. She's not, she's singing about things that are organic and heart-wrenching, and she doesn't look like she is 
you know, pop princess uh, actress girl. She looks like exactly what she's singing about. Mm. It fits. Totally. Awesome. Hope that Great advice. This question. Yeah, absolutely. So we have another question here um, regarding your teaching from uh, Shelley Taylor. And this says, it says, hey, Dave. Uh, you have worked with many successful artists, and what do you feel you have aided in their success, given that they are already established? That may be either vocally or in another way. Right. No, and I really appreciate the question because I've had this contention myself over the years: is is just because somebody's worked with somebody else that's famous does not necessarily mean they've offered that singer. Um, Any something in depth that made a difference and yet maybe they did so I just don't necessarily think there's a connection yet we live in this world of sound bites and so having those uh, perceived values of the different people I worked with and things does trigger that and, and I, I get the question completely and I think it's a completely legitimate question and my answer is each person is different what I offer to them totally be, depends on why they're coming in so a lot of the singers that I work with that are established, doing really, really well, why would they come in? Why does, why does somebody like, you know, Seal or somebody who's, you know, very established need to come in at all? And the answer comes down to each person comes in for different reasons. And you are there for them on their level. Student-centered learning is really key for all of us, and, and, and whether, whether we're learning to golf or whether we're learning to fly airplanes or whether we're learning to play tennis or learning to sing, the instructor that we have needs to meet us on our level and understand our own personal goals and desires and fears. Because in everything that we take on, we also have trepidation and fear. So... With, a, with a, an established artist, it's never, that is the purest form of student-centered learning. You have to meet them. You have to take the time to understand their goals, their fears, and what you can do to alleviate those fears and give them tools to be more successful. And success under this uh, definition would be whatever their, whatever their need is. What's, what's your need? My need is I'm losing my voice towards the end of shows. I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm on the road. I've been on the road for six months. I'm doing five shows a week. Uh, I'm losing my voice after most shows. So we, we dial in, we dial into that. Let me see your set. Let me see the keys. Uh, let me see what's going on. What's your lifestyle? Where are you warming up during the day? Um, a lot of times when I go out on the road, it's not just to sit there and warm them up and then they, you know, my job is done. I spend the whole day. I watch everything from when they get up in the morning to when they finish the show, they get on the bus, they go to the next hotel in the next city, they get in the hotel, they go to sleep, they get up, and I want to see that whole 24, 36, 40 hour, 48 hour um, cycle so I can understand where things are, are coming apart. And it's usually one or two little things that we make adjustments. Sometimes it's keys, sometimes it's how much they're warming up, sometimes it's their environment, where they're warming up, who's around. I mean, these, sometimes these shows are chaotic. Um, a singer has got interviews. They've got industry people showing up. They, they're supposed to focus for 25, 30 minutes before they go on stage, and there's shit flying all over. Stuff <laughs> yeah, happens. I can imagine. And doing yeah. a lot of interviews all day and talking all day, to potentially to reporters, it could, oh that could get quite tiring on the voice too. Oh, my goodness. And some of these are 5, 6 in the morning, so... They, they, they go from some city to another city, and they're on the bus trying to sleep. They get to the city, and instead of going to the hotel, they go to a radio station, and they do an interview and sing a couple songs. Then they go to the hotel, get a couple more hours sleep, um, and then they're off to soundcheck. It's a, it's a really, the, the routine, the, the, the lifestyle is hard. The faster they can get into a routine, and the faster they can function within that routine, again, it's the chaos versus um, organization, balance is the faster they can get into that the more likely they are to stay healthy throughout the tour the mm -hmm. less creative they might feel but the more likely they are to stay on balance and, and healthy so, so, so again going back to what i offer them 
my job is to find out which point they need help. Uh, you know, what's important to them and what's important for them and just balance that out. Yeah, I guess in terms of Shelley's question, is Shelley a teacher, does it say, or is she... Oh, it doesn't say. Okay. Um, but yeah, just in, in terms of the question, I guess, as you say, it's, it's so individual, but I, I suppose the job of the vocal coach for somebody who is, quote-unquote, successful, you know, if we, whatever that means, but in, in terms of the commercial success, I guess what Shelley's talking about, the demands are higher. And as you say, everything there is like a cocktail for a, is it, for a tired voice, isn't it? So your job, I guess, is going to be yeah a lot harder, and you're going to be required to be there a lot more. And uh, you say it's individual, but I guess the, the things will change. In regards right, to that. Part of it is also helping. Most artists are not routine people. They do not like living in routine, and it's to help them strike that balance. Absolutely. So they want to feel healthy. They don't want to lose their voice, but they also don't necessarily want to climb on the bus, read for a few minutes, and go to sleep. You know, sure. the back of the bus and it's like give me a drink I'm hanging with my boys <laughs> you, you often looked at as a boring one <laughs> my god um, so I've been working on this TV show The Sing Off right and they have me come in each season they have me come in and address all the contestants the very first day and this is what I tell them every time I'm like the next 8 to 10 weeks of your life are going to be the most boring straight laced <laughs> eight to ten weeks of your life yeah but you can appreciate what i say towards the end of this if you will listen to me and follow my guidelines you're going to appreciate what i'm saying but no coffee no alcohol lots of water lots of sleep you know exercise it's like oh my god this guy is a fun killer oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought this was supposed to be rock and roll yeah, yeah you know what but but it's i've certainly felt the felt the effects of um, knocking that stuff out i mean i didn't do it all in one go for a for a show of course but mm. you know over i don't know over the last 10 years each one of those things you've mentioned have cre- crept their way into my life like less drinking mm. certainly 10 years ago i gave up smoking mm. Eating better, uh, getting in bed by ten thirty, and you. But that coincides with my voice feels pretty good. Yeah, you know it really does, and it's sometimes hard to tell which one was the best. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, that's great stuff. So, um. God, we're all boring guys. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're 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 older than us, aren't you? Uh, how old are you? Thirty-two. Oh no, we're the same age. <laughs> it's funny you don't look that, Perfect. but um, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> take it away. Man. We've got the next question for you, Dave. Here, okay. Yeah. So, hi, chaps. I am self-employed and have been building my business for a few years now. With that in mind, I would really like to know what Dave feels has been the driving force behind his success in life. Well, that's a deep one. Um, thank you very much and best wishes from Janet M- Janet Mahon Mo- Jan- Mahon I think it's Irish Mahon Mahon yeah okay um, I will tell you the number one thing for success especially as an entrepreneur gratitude right find gratitude every day wake up find something you're grateful for um, it doesn't matter how big or how small, but make sure it's sincere. So you need to be grateful for, I'm grateful for my dogs today. I mean, you know, they wake me up, they lick me, they drive me crazy, and I'm grateful for that. I wish I had that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get Chris started on dogs, Dave. Honestly, I love dogs so much. If I could could have a dog or two lick me every morning, I would be so happy. You've seen Dave's dogs? I've seen Dave's dogs, yeah, I've met them there. Are they pit bulls, right? I have a pit boxer mix and I have a pit Dalmatian mix. Oh, lovely. And they're just amazing, amazing dogs. They're very well trained and behaved. And I walk around L.A. with them pretty much off leash all the time. And And you took them on holiday. What's that? You you took them on holiday in the camper van, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that looked like a great trip. (laughs) Yeah, they loved it. I mean, they just freaking loved it. Um, But... But, but gratitude, gratitude is so important to success. Success doesn't happen. Happiness and success doesn't happen, and then you're grateful. Success and, and, and happiness happen as a result of gratitude. And there is no doubt that having the tools and the work ethic and all that sort of stuff 
is important and thinking outside the box and things. But you got to start with gratitude because if you can't find gratitude, you can't be happy. If you're not happy, um, it is very difficult to work for yourself and battle all of the uphill uh, speed bumps that you're going to battle if you can't do it because you love things and you're happy. Because it becomes really, very, very quickly, it becomes not worth it. Mm. Um, and then people quit and they give up. And um, You can't be resilient if you can't find happiness. And you can't find happiness if you don't find gratitude. So mm. just start with something really, really simple. Um, and be, be thankful and gracious and grateful and start your day that way. And then the second thing is probably, you know, diet and exercise. Those are the keys that keep you resilient. And being an entrepreneur just means nothing's easy. <laughs> being an entrepreneur means that you've chosen to work for yourself. That means instead of one boss, the whole world is your boss. Every client is your boss. And every turn is a struggle to get things to work, make things happen, have funding, you know, nothing is, if, if anybody thinks that it's just you set forth and you move forward and you set sail with your boat and everything is just perfectly on track, as an entrepreneur, it never is that way, never. Mm -hmm. Nothing you ever plan ever works out. Nothing works out. <laughs> it just kind of gets there eventually in the way you didn't plan it, right? Exactly. And <laughs> chaos. Your, yeah, totally. It's chaos. And so if you can approach this with you're just grateful and happy for what you get to do in life, then you look at those challenges and you go, awesome. This is like my next workout where I'm doing, you know, next 100 squats in a row and I'm dying and I'm going, but that, this is what I signed up for. This is why I'm here. Mm, I didn't plan on puking, but let, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and on top of... <laughs> On top of almost dying, I got to puke. <laughs> Punch the air moment. And I am thankful for that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what this did to me. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I sure. Guess, you guys feel that, right? I mean, you know yeah. what it's like to, you know, working out, like, especially what you, you guys do, it, it, it is, it's a physical thing. The transformation is physical, but it's mental. Mm. It is. You learn what commitment is. Commitment happens 20 minutes after you feel like giving up. Commitment happens long after it was easy. And that feeling you get after that 20 minutes past giving up is amazing, isn't it? It is. Mm. And, and when you finish your workout and you get to go home and you go, I earned going home, mm. it's an incredible feeling. Mm. And uh, do you know the worst time I ever felt after a sprint session? I spent so long in the gym toilets and I was sick. Um, and then I came home and I led on the couch for half an hour thinking I've ruined my teaching day. <laughs> but once I had something to eat and some water, I'd never felt so awesome than that afternoon in my life. It was like endorphins, it was hormonal, it was like, you know, because I was super healthy. And I think, yeah, um, diet and exercise and all that really contributes to your health. But a healthy body, I feel so much happier in a healthy body. I don't feel good if I'm eating crap and doing nothing. So true. And people are, are, we chase the high all the time. So I also strongly believe humans um, crave adversity. We crave challenge and adversity and um, ways to overcome, so to speak. And we either do it in a healthy manner or we do it in, a, in, in horribly unhealthy ways. And so um, if you're not struggling in life in a healthy way, you're doing it in alcohol and you're doing it in drugs and you're doing it with fucked up relationships mm. and all sorts of stuff that is not necessary. So find adversity in a workout that makes you puke and lay on the couch and then you're going to get high as shit after that. <laughs> yeah, and that is exactly how I would have described it if I had those words in my arsenal. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that is a great thing. You get done with that thing, and you know you conquered, you did it yourself, and that feeling of pride and self-esteem kicking in is one thing, but the endorphins and the serotonin and everything else that floods your body can, you know, going back to the success of an entrepreneur, 
that's a huge part of it. Mm. A huge part of this is being resilient, being able to come back to the table and think again and look from a different angle and not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't fucking give up. <laughs> and as a singer, you're going to hear no again and again and again and again before you hear yes. And you need to be resilient. And running your own business, a singer is a pure entrepreneur. It's as pure as you're going to get. And you can't quit. Mm -mm. You cannot quit. Blimey. That's an amazing insight. That is Thank an amazing insight. So we have one final question for you, sir. Yeah, we better. I don't know how long you've got, Dave, but we're coming up to an hour, aren't we? So. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll rattle this one out quickly. This one's um, from uh, Daniel Grimley, who is a singing teacher, and he says, what common ailments do touring singers or recording artists tend to approach you with, and how does that differ to the needs of amateur singing students? It's a great question. Mm. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, you know, and it's probably a, a comparison to um, somebody who's dealing with um, the difference between, and I, you know, it's horrible. I'm, I'm going back to this sports and, and working out thing, but the difference between dealing with somebody that's in the middle of um, football season, right, and they're at the top of the game, they're playing for their the, the team that's doing really well, and they keep having an you know, an ankle problem or whatever, and, and how you're dealing with that with them is different than somebody who is just trying to learn the sport. And that's just the difference. I mean, so somebody who's on the road, who's been touring, who's got another album coming out, and, you know, we're dealing with somebody who has been on the treadmill now for five, six years, and they're running hard, and there's just certain things about them that needs to be adjusted, but small things. Um, maybe they're getting edema after the shows, um... We need to figure out why they're swelling, what's happening, as opposed to somebody who's coming in. They're a hobbyist, but they're moving more towards gigging more often. Uh, the challenges that they're facing is that next threshold from singing at home or karaoke or a once a month gig to I'm singing three times a week mm. or once a week even. Um, I'm doing these songs. Cover songs tend to be much more difficult than original songs because A, there's a certain key that people expect you to sing in and be, they expect it to sound like Steve Perry mm. or whomever, and you're just never going to sound that way. And to make your voice sound that way means you have to manipulate it. <clears throat> so it's taking a look at all the things that they're doing uh, and helping them adjust for whatever level they are. And it goes back to student-centered learning and living on their level, um, whether it's a touring artist and, and the deal, what they deal with is, or you know, an amateur or a hobbyist moving into a semi-pro. Mm -hmm. It's still with those different things. And, and there are differences, but they're all unique to that person. I wouldn't say that every touring artist I work with, I deal with the same issue of edema, but a lot of them do for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I guess one of the main ones is the workload is a lot more intense. Oh, yeah. 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 When the, when the schedule increases like that, it just highlights those little adjustments that need to be made even more now totally and and anybody who's you know i hear this all the time um you know this person's an opera singer and you know opera singers have to be more developed and certainly parts certainly a wagner or something like that you're going to be a helden tenor or anything like that requires years of development to get there but there is nothing more difficult than a pop singer on the road man that is a hard 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 gig mm. and so and why, just quickly, Dave, why, why, why for you is that? Is that, is that the expected sound that they're looking to achieve? Or? No, it's the life, man. It's, it's this idea that you're, you do a show, you climb on a bus, you sleep for a few hours, you get out of it, the bus, you go into a hotel, you sleep for a few more hours, you get up, you do interviews, um, you do a sound check, you eat a little bit, you do a show, you climb on a bus, you drive for a while, you get out of the bus, you go into the hotel... It's tough. That's a tough life. Mm. Trying to stay healthy, Chris. doing the same show night after night, having sound issues. Um, when you're a, an opera singer, for example, in the same house for three months, six months, a year, however long the contract is, you're dealing with the same acoustical situation every night. Uh, you're dealing with the same people every night. You go home to an apartment. You have s some semblance of a life. Um, you know, you, you have a little bit of normalcy of, of shopping and cleaning my house, I'm going and doing the show, uh, I come back, I mean, there's some 
there's some normalcy there where a pop artist on the road on a bus in a hotel doing press having you know freaky fans and <laughs> dealing with all the things that they deal with the paparazzi who they're dating who they're not dating mm. uh, and then potentially partying as well partying all the stuff that goes into this man it is it's tough mm. it is tough and especially the young ones you know you see I see people taking shots at Justin Bieber these days and guys just remember man he was 14 when he got famous and for him and un, you know understanding what normalcy for the rest of us is he'll never ever ever know mm-hmm. and his life has been uh, in a glass bubble for all these years and you know it doesn't mean he's not a good dude it just means that everything he says or does is out for the world to see yeah it's scrutinized isn't it totally I would hate for the world to have a microscope on my life. Seriously. Mm, yeah. And I, I have to hand it to anybody who chooses this profession and understands what they're getting into uh, and can handle that. That's tough, man. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Well, wow. so um, I think that wraps up the questions. Dave, for those today. answers were inspiring. Yeah, really, really great. Awesome. Thank well, you. I enjoy hanging out with you dudes. Oh, and uh, we hope to be hanging out with you actually in person. So maybe you could follow me around for 48 hours to tell me what's going on in my life. That would be excellent. Um, but yeah, next next summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, Dave, if anybody wants to get hold of you or find out what you're doing in life, <laughs> where are the cameras? No. What, 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 what's your, <laughs> what are your social networks and all that kind of stuff? How do people find out? Dave Stroud Vocal Studio is my Facebook, um, and that's probably the best place to reach me. Dave at vocalizeyou.com is my email. But um, you know, there, you know, whatever questions. I love this format you guys have created. By the way, I, I, I you know, I, you guys had sent me over the first episode, and I listened to the whole thing. It was freaking awesome. I loved <laughs> it. And I would prefer people actually channeled questions through you guys and it is part of the show because I think the show is awesome and it will drive real organic content that way and um, and, it, and it'll just fuel what you guys are doing so I'm totally supportive of what you're doing and I'm happy if people want to reach out to me via Facebook or whatever and directly that's fine but I do I really would encourage people to channel their questions through you guys and we'll follow up this way thank you Dave and um, yeah thank you as well for being a part of this and like I say helping that free information get out there for people and for people to be actually more inspired about um, embarking on any level of career whether it be amateur or professional in in the music industry yeah that's it because I think it'd be easy for somebody like you Dave with your success and everyone you work with to almost Cut yourself off, be complacent, be complacent, and things like that. But the fact that you're so open and you've created this network and you've brought the, the singers, the, the singing teachers together, and it's it's just a it's such a such a great thing, an admirable thing. So thank you for that. Well, and you guys need to know sincerely, I don't see it as me doing all these things. I just see it as all of us sort of channeling our energy together, and that's it. Mm. You know, and if I can, if I can be somewhat of a, a guide for all of us to a certain level I'm happy to do that but you know there's all these other people that are part of that like Brandon and Ryan and Lynn Hilton and John Henney and Joe Cresswell and all these people who have taken the reins and guiding things and helping things and on my team here in LA you know Fauna and Danny Collins and all these people and it's it's, it's you know it's great that I, I like again. I'm just grateful to be surrounded by such amazing talent. So, oh, absolutely. But I do have to have. I have one complaint. I have one complaint about your show. <laughs> well, I feel I feel deceived. I was like the naked vocalist, and then I expected a whole lot more, like pole dancing or something. <laughs> just don't don't kill it for the listeners. But we are naked, aren't we? Exactly. I'll tell you and, what, and so is Dave. And what? And what you don't know at this moment, Dave, is that at one point in the future, every guest we have on the show will be shown in naked and or just partially naked yeah. on our calendar, Christmas calendar. So <laughs> Potentially or not with a, uh, with a fig leaf. I don't know. Are you up for that, Dave? Photoshop can do an amazing, some amazing work. <laughs> you, you do not need Photoshop, Dave. You do not need Photoshop. Only to make it smaller. 
And that's it. <laughs> right. Thank you so On much, Dave yeah. Stroud. We better let you get to the gym. Yeah, it's my time to get to the gym. Mm. Enjoy your day, sir, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the opportunity, man. Inspirational words there from Sir David Stroud. Um, thank you again to David for coming on and sharing his his experiences and his ridiculously vast knowledge. Mm-hmm. A, a minor apology for his FF, and maybe there was an S in there, wasn't there? The bomb, yeah. Um, but if anything, that's going to get him the knighthood. Well, it should you know? It should be should do should get that sword on his shoulder. The criteria for met. Come in. Tick. So, um, so sorry about that, but we will mark it as explicit uh, so everyone is aware. But that's us done. As always, get yourself along to thenakedvocalist.com. Sign up with, with us there and keep up to date with all of the, uh, the new things that are going on and the podcast episodes. And as always, as everyone hangs out on Twitter and Facebook, you can find us there too. TNV Questions, that's at TNV Questions for Twitter, facebook.com forward slash TMV questions for Facebook. And also, we are on YouTube. We've got our YouTube channel, The Naked Vocalist TV. Find us on there. We've got loads of videos going up weekly just about how to sort your voice out. Yeah. And uh, as always, we are searchable on iTunes where you can subscribe uh, and get every episode as it comes up automatically on your phone or your computer. But if you're on there, please leave us a five-star rating. You can just click on the stars there. And if you've got time... Write us a little review uh, if you like it. That would be most helpful in our our ratings on iTunes and how we how we rank. It really would. And I know that a lot of people probably think somebody else would do it, or I haven't got time for this. Just those five minutes will just change our world, change the world <laughs> of singing. So there we have it. Uh, thank you very much. We will be back next time in two weeks for some more exciting technique. And many, many things that will help you with your voice. Goodbye. Ciao.